Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today, and how wonderful and how blessed we are to have the opportunity to once again come together, open up God's Word, and study a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow in our faith. Grow stronger, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We're thankful to have this opportunity to be with you, and we're thankful that so many people around the area and in other parts of the world, literally through podcasting and through the medium of the internet, are interested in getting into God's Word and studying through these regular five-day-a-week radio programs, Search the Scriptures. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person. Study God's Word with us. Grow spiritually with us. Worship God together with us. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Many of our radio listeners have done that through the years, and many have stayed on. And we're thankful that God has blessed this outreach ministry so mightily. And we pray that he will continue to do so and all to his glory. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. And then middle of the week, Wednesday evenings, 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. Good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged so we can take on the rest of the week. You're invited, you're encouraged to come to any and all of these services. We also encourage you to tell everybody you can about the program, search the scriptures. And if somebody cannot listen at the prescribed times, even though we're on several times a day, Monday through Friday, you can go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. You can click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's absolutely free, always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when you sign up for, your pod, for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smartphone or computer or whatever smart device you choose every single day, Monday through Friday, this radio program, Search the Scriptures. And a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a great daily Bible study, only about three minute, uh, only about 13 minutes long, but it gets us into God's Word every day, and we call that today's Bible class. All of that will be free and automatic every day. So take advantage of that and tell everybody else you can to do so as well. We're going to get back into our line of study talking about a really serious and ultimately eternal, dis, eternally destructive behavior or mindset called hatred. Hatred is prevalent throughout the world. Hatred, as I've emphasized in the first couple lessons in this particular series, I, I've never seen it so blatant, so widespread, so open and in your face as what we're observing right now across our nation. It is a horrible situation. It is ugly, and it is a product of Satan's leadings. Now, I'm not talking about Satan possessing people. I'm talking about simply his putting the, the, the thoughts in people's heads, his trying to tempt them, trying to, to motivate them to turn to hatred. And he's been very successful. In fact, the Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 5 that the world is under the sway of the devil. Well, 
it certainly is apparent right now as we look around the world and particularly across our nation from coast to coast and border to border. I've just never seen it like this before, and I've been around a while. Well, hatred. We've talked about how hatred is, is so mind-changing, focus-changing. I made the points that a few facts of hatred is that it clouds our reason. We can't see clearly because our mind's eye is clouded by the hatred we have towards somebody. So we can't see any good in that person. We can't see anything positive. We can't see any reason for changing our viewpoint of that person because we hate them. And the hatred clouds our reasoning. It filters everything pertaining to that particular individual or group of individuals because of our hatred. The hatred filters everything. And anything positive will largely be dismissed or not even noticed at all because of the hatred we, we harbor for that person or that group of people. Hatred blocks any positive perspective. It shuts it down immediately. We don't want to listen. We don't want to hear it. We don't even want to think about somebody being maybe better than we think they are because we hate them so much. And bottom line, and this is the worst of all, for each of us as an individual, if we harbor hatred in our heart, hatred will keep us out of heaven, keep us out of heaven. Now, I've asked the question a number of times through this study so far. Do you hate somebody? Or do you hate a group of people? Right now, it, it covers the whole spectrum of our culture. It's political. It may be educational. It may be ethnic. It may be regional. It may be occupational. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Do you hate somebody? Or do you hate a group of people who may not agree with you? Because, you see, that's the way it is right now. If you don't agree with somebody or somebody doesn't agree with you, then they're subject to hatred. Or if there's a group of people who don't believe the same way you believe ideologically, oh, man, that group deserves to be hated and even destroyed in some way or another maybe destroyed professionally, maybe destroyed by reputation, whatever it is. But you see, hatred that is unbridled ultimately can lead to violence and even murder. And we've seen some examples of that in the scriptures. Cain, I, I think we can conclude, hated his brother and murdered him. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Joseph's brothers hated him and plotted to kill him. But instead, they changed their mind. They sold him into slavery <laughs> and then deceived their father into thinking that a wild animal had killed him and dragged him off and eaten him up. Also, one of David's sons, Absalom, hated another one of David's sons, Amnon, and plotted. He let that hatred grow in his heart, develop in his heart, become deep-seated over a period of two years and then plotted to have him killed, murdered, and he did. Now, we began to look at the, the point that hatred is condemned throughout Scripture. It's not okay to hate people. It's just not okay. It's not something to give a wink and a nod to. 
the law of Moses in Old Testament scripture, the Old Testament law of Moses, now we don't live under that law today, but I'm simply pointing out that from beginning to end of God's word, hatred is condemned. The law of Moses specifically taught against hatred. Leviticus 19 and verse 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. Direct statement. Numbers 35, 20 and 21, if he, that is one man, pushes him, another man, out of hatred, or while lying in wait, hurls something at him so that he dies, or in enmity he strikes him with his hand so that he dies, the one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. Again, Numbers 35, 20 and 21. We see the same kind of thing in Deuteronomy 19, verses 11 and 12. Hatred is productive of no good. It is only productive of evil. Now, people will try to euphemize that, sugarcoat it, explain it away. Well, sometimes hatred is okay in certain situations. No, it's not. In Psalm 109, verses 3 and also verse 5, the psalmist wrote this. And, and notice his yeah, consternation, his confusion, perhaps, wondering why is this the way it is? He says, speaking of enemies of his, he said, they have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. Thus, they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Psalm 109, verses 3 and 5. Solomon, the wise man, wrote in Proverbs 10 and verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. And then later in that same chapter, whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool, verse 18. Now, the indication seems to be that a person bearing hatred finds it necessary to hide that hatred, to disguise it, maybe even to try to to come across as though he likes that person whom he really hates, waiting for an opportunity to take advantage of him or her, even deny his hatred before others, Proverbs 26, 24, and also verses 27 and 28. Now, while hatred can produce dreadful consequences for the person who is the object of that hatred, it is, all, it is already, no, as we have already noted, it also, in several accounts of Scripture, it also bears ter- terrible consequences for the person harboring that hatred. Now, I've described hatred as a two-edged sword. The one edge is against the person who is hated, but the other edge of that sword, it, it attacks and can even destroy the person who is harboring that hatred. It can eat away at his heart like a cancer or an acid and ultimately lead to his own destruction because he has not controlled his hatred. He has not put it away. So for the person who is the object of it, that's one point of destruction. But also for the person harboring that hatred, that's another point of destruction. The two-edged sword. By its very nature, hatred generates bitterness and contention within the person harboring that hatred. You see, that's not a good feeling, hating somebody. It's not a positive feeling. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 15, verses 17 and 18, better is a dinner of herbs, in other words, just vegetables, no meat, 
where love is. In other words, talking about a, a dinner that's absent what of some of the foods foods that you might want to have, but you're, maybe it's just a you know a real meager meal. But he says that's a better dinner where love is par- is present and apparent than a fatted calf, or we might say a feast with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays or sets aside contention. Proverbs 15, verses 17 and 18. Now, as we've said, hatred is basically a heart problem. A heart problem. The heart is the storehouse of emotions that develop into hatred. And we're not talking about that muscle in our chest again. We're talking about our mindset. We're talking about our conscience. We're talking about our spiritual character, our soul. As hatred is allowed to develop within a person's heart, it can actually destroy that heart, the heart of the person who harbors it, and manifest itself in all kinds of wicked outward actions. Jesus said this, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word that a man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Matthew 12 verses 34 through 37. You see, what we say, what we do in the way of outward actions, ultimately is a product of our heart. What our mindset is, what our conscience has been conditioned to accept and to do, what our moral compass is set at. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, Jesus said, for out of the heart proceed, out of the heart? Out of the heart proceed, what? Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man or a person. Now also out of the heart proceed good things, benevolence, love, kindness, compassion, But when we look at a person who is going forth in violent ways, evil ways, wicked ways, if that's that's a characteristic of his lifestyle, that's because of how he has conditioned his heart. His outward actions reflect his heart condition. In the middle of the Apostle Paul's list of the works of the flesh, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, and again, this is a representative list. He has several of those in his different letters. It's not to to give us the idea that he has included every, every single sinful action or lifestyle that could be enumerated, but rather he's talking about a, rever, a, a representative list. And we can say, yeah, and, and also this could be added to that list, and that could be added to that list, and on down the line. 
but it, this is an extensive one, Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. And in that list of the works of the flesh, as Paul, by divine inspiration, wrote, being God's very word, that will cause a person to not inherit the kingdom of God is the sin of hatred. Hatred is right there in that list. And Paul says those who take part in, those who live lifestyle committing those kinds of works of the flesh, in other words, sinful actions, sinful practices, he said they'll not inherit the kingdom of God. Listed alongside hatred in that particular list are other sins that can certainly be related to and go along with hatred, such as contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, dissensions. Do you realize that a whole lot of people, they generate hatred in their heart toward another person or some other people because they're jealous of them for one reason or another? Well, now, what sense does that make? The Apostle Paul is very pointed as to hatred. I'm sorry, the Apostle John is very pointed as to hatred. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Well, that goes along with what the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21 in that list of the works of the flesh, doesn't it? Hatred being among that list, he said, those who are living those kinds of lifestyles, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, they're not going to be in heaven. And so John says the same thing. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and murderers don't have a, pl- don't have a place in the kingdom of God unless they repent of that sin and seek God's forgiveness according to his instructions. In the fuller context, John may well be making the case that in God's eyes, to not love one's brother is to hate him. Well, you need to look at that particular text of Scripture carefully, 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. A person cannot love God as God instructs us to love him, as God wants us to love him. A person cannot love God and hate his brother at the same time. You see, it's a self-contradiction in the character of that individual. To claim to be able to, well, to claim to love God while at the same time hating your brother or sister, and particularly your brother or sister in Christ. But again, the broader application could be to a family, a biological family member, a sibling, a parent, a son, a daughter, cousin, whatever it might be, or even the broader application from that, mankind in general. You cannot hate one person and at the same time love God as you should. The two are counterproductive to one another as far as character is concerned, mindset, morality. To claim to be able to do such, John says, is to be a liar. 1 John 4, verses 20 and 21. Again, do you hate someone? Do you hate some group of people? Do you want to let that hatred keep you out of heaven and consign you to eternal punishment 
condemnation torments in hell? To answer the question is really a no-brainer, isn't it? At least it should be. Well, we want to ask this question now. We've seen the concept of hatred. There's nothing good about hatred of another person or a group of people. There's nothing good in that mindset. In fact, there's evil within that mindset. And hatred, unchecked, can lead to violence and even murder. We've seen the examples of that in the scriptures, and we've also seen numerous passages of scripture that condemns hatred. We could go on and look at others as well. We've looked at a smattering of them. Now here's the question for the rest of our study together. How can we overcome hatred? How can we overcome hatred? I want you to think about hatred from this perspective. It's a poison. You say, what, what, wait, a poison? A poison is something you drink in or you eat or something like that. You take internally. A poison is something that will harm the physical body and maybe even kill it if an antidote is not found. Hatred will do the same thing from the spiritual perspective. It'll destroy a person's heart. Not that physical muscle in your chest, but your mindset, your morality, your spiritual being. It's a poison. We need an antidote for the poison. A counteraction. We want to look at that beginning next time. Let's pray together. Father, our country, our culture, around the world, yes, but we live here. We need your antidote for hatred because hatred is destroying our culture. It's destroying the morality of our nation. It's causing violence, hurting, even destroying people. Help us to see the better way, Father. Show us the antidote and help us to take it. Implement it into our lives and put hatred out of our hearts forever. Please, Father, we pray. And please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.